He's just in a hurricane and then ends up in like the Pacific Northwest somewhere. He just ends up in a in a small town and then we get Roadhouse. Exactly. Um, <laughs> which he, they he mention was... the Roadhouse bar as like yes. places that they go. Yes. Well, it's funny. He says to John, he's like, what, am I going to paddle to New Zealand? And it's like, secretly, he's like, I could easily yeah. paddle to New Zealand. <laughs> no, he's not going to paddle to New Zealand. He's going to ride that wave to New Zealand. Yeah. Man. He's gonna, he's gonna I don't get know if you understand there. how waves work. That wave is coming I don't, right not back really, to not really, not at all. <laughs> no, I don't know. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and I finally watched Point Break. And today we have not one, but two very special guests. We have Jackie and Danielle from No More Late Fees Podcasts. Hello, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Uh, do you mind just telling our audience just a little bit about what uh, No More Late Fees is about? So No More Late Fees is a uh, late 90s and early 2000s podcast, and Danielle and I are best friends, and we rewatch some of the best and worst movies from that time, and so we go through and we talk about them. We talk about if they hold up to um, what we've kind of learned about today, and um, we just have fun. We have a lot of guests on. We have a lot of friends on, and we just have fun spending time together talking about movies, which was what bonded us in high school. <laughs> a lot of nostalgia for sure. Yes. Yeah. Danielle was telling us how you guys have known each other since like what the 10th grade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you work at, you worked at Blockbuster, which I think is such a cool background of like, like part of the reason or part of the, the resume that you take with this. I think that's super awesome. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We, a relic in time. We work. It's like working at a museum that only a few people know existed at one point in time. So, <laughs> I had a uh, a love hate relationship with Blockbuster because I, I got to a point where I just like wanted to buy all the movies that I wanted to like own. And I think at one point Blockbuster started doing these exclusive deals where they like were the distributor for movies, and so they would like mm -hmm. you could only rent them. And so, like, t towards the end, I would go to Blockbusters and just, like, buy all of, like, the random ones that they were finally selling when, like, when certain ones closed and whatnot. But I uh, I remember getting my grandmother to sign up for a Blockbuster account for when I visited her because I visited her, like, all throughout the summer and filling out the application and checking the box that her minor could rent rated R movies without her being present. <laughs> I don't think I ever checked that stuff. I was just like, oh, nine and a half, nine and a half weeks, no problem. <laughs> yeah, Danielle was the cool employee that let you uh, <laughs> let you get a Euro Trip unrated version if you couldn't even look over the counter. That's, that's it. Meanwhile, I was the rule follower and checking up on her because I was her boss. Yeah. So <laughs> it was always like, Danielle, you can't. We can't do that. I was like, he looked. <laughs> He looks 13 to me. <laughs> just saying. I could imagine Jackie is just like, Danielle, 
you have to do better because you know this is this job is gonna go places like blockbuster will never die i was just gonna say my brother actually got fired from a blockbuster for waiving someone's late fees Mm. like he uh, yeah like a bunch a bunch of people in the store did it but then he was the one that got caught and he just like didn't sell anyone out and he lost his job we have a similar uh tale from our friend nick who we did a clerks episode and um he worked at hollywood video but it was a little bit worse than late fees (laughs) um but it's a pretty funny story if you want to check it out yeah i need to um, so let's get into Point Break. I uh, I decided to watch this probably like six months ago and just for fun. I didn't think we'd ever do it. Or maybe I was like, oh, at some point we will. And I didn't <laughs> really like it. Um, and I think it was kind of like the, you know, the like the hypothesis of our show when we started it was like, if you saw a movie in the 80s or 90s, like back then or when you were a little kid, you, there's like a good chance you would like it. But if you watch some of this stuff now, it just doesn't hold up to like what movies are today. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the dialogue and some of the choices. I was just like, this is not great. And so when Alana was like, oh yeah, they uh, they want to do Point Break. I was like, whatever, fine. And I watched it again. And I was like, not nah, like this. Like, I, like once my expectations were set, I liked it a lot more. <laughs> Um, See, I, I'm I'm a huge cheese ball. Like I love '80s cheesy dialogue and like just those shots. I was just dying of of laughter of those shots of like Keanu Reeves like turning and shooting and like yeah. in the rain <laughs> and and stuff like that. And then everything that came out of John C. McGinley's uh, mouth was gold to me. Like I was like, oh, this is the stuff. This is this is rich. Um, but yeah, what what did you two think of it? I was telling nah. Danielle this morning that when I first started watching, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. Like a little like action, like he's an undercover FBI agent. But it's fine. And then we got more into like the ridiculousness of it. And I was just like, oh, it's not. It's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) I take Um, back my assessment. (laughs) Since I'm the only one who actually watched it in the time period, um, I was very little, obviously, when it came out. But at that time, like, uh, Swayze, he couldn't do wrong. Like, it was this, Roadhouse, and Dirty Dancing were on rotation. Like... So I thought it was the coolest. I thought this was normal things that white men did, right? Like, <laughs> I, surfing I mean, surfing and rubbing banks. It's just another Wednesday for us. I guess. Yeah, Skydiving. I was just like, to me, I was just like, okay, this is all right. Write a note. This is what they do. You know, they fall out of air. They like to get on airplanes and jump out. I wouldn't personally want to do any of that, but okay. But um Well, that was Patrick Swayze's literal pastime and they had to have <laughs> him sign a waiver that he wouldn't go and do any skydiving and they allowed him to do that one jump in the movie if he promised not to do any jumps while they were filming and mm-hmm. then he would sneak away and do them anyway on the weekends. Oh my gosh. My but- man. i you know i don't know if i had like a huge thought process about the movie because i was so young when i saw it originally 
But what forever changed the way I look at this movie is when somebody told me that Fast and the Furious is literally point break. And I was just like, it broke my brain because it oh, is. Oh, wow. Because it is. Because it is. it is. And I told Jackie today, Paul Walker is like the perfect Keanu re- like replacement, essentially. Now, of the Vin- time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Vin Diesel, though, he's no Swayze. Not no. a great Swayze, honestly. He's no Swayze, but he he did his thing. Obviously, we're on the tenth movie at this point, so like something's working something out right. for them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, you I, think about it that way, your brain is done. I've been out since Paul passed. Like I haven't seen eight, yeah. eight, nine. Same. Um, I, I was it, never it, into it, anyways. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the first one? Yeah. yeah, no, I've seen up to like seven, six, seven. Oh, you just didn't like him, gotcha. I um, I think my main problem with this, I was thinking about it as I was like about to start this. A couple of like Keanu's line deliveries, <laughs> he's doing it as if he's Ted from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yes. Via con Dios, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> like it's he. Like I don't know what he's doing. My I think that's just David, him. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it <laughs> is he doing that version of the movie, or is was he just being himself? Because if you even go back to like Parenthood, that movie, that that's that's him. That's yeah. Keanu. Yeah, but I, he's not like that in Devil's Advocate. Like that's like, him don't... acting. The acting got better. <laughs> There's a difference. I think he started so- to like get some acting coaching in between, and then then like, yeah. the 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 way I can see it is that throughout the movie, like as the movie progresses, he becomes more of this like, "Suh, dude," like that kind of accent on him. But it could be that he's adopting this like surfing, like he's going deep undercover. No, yeah. David says no, but I I, I, I think, think that's what he was trying. I don't know how successful it was. I just imagine Bodhi looks at him like, what is this? What is this guy? So, you know, it's funny. For some reason, I thought a good preparation for tonight would be to watch the 2015 version of this, which I don't know if either of you have seen. Um, no. But in that movie, not to spoil too much of it, but it's like revealed partway through the movie, but... It's like it has very little relation to this movie. It's a completely different story. Oh, really? They should have just named it something else. But at one point, Bodhi's like, "Yeah, we knew when you came up, you were a cop." And I feel like <laughs> Swayze, like, just it went unsaid that they're like, "Yeah, we've kind of always known." Like, yeah, because just you're so out of place here. Ex- except he, except they have that. You know, he's the Ohio State football quarterback, right? So it's like they already kind of knew, it, which is like today you like could have just Googled him and be like, Oh, he joined the FBI after. That's, what, State. I, that's <laughs> what I was going to say is that it would not work today where he's like, Oh, a famous guy joins the FBI. That would be all over the news. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I thought about that because the, they needed some way to recognize him, but I'm like, Oh, this is back before Google. So it had to be like, Oh, you were in the Rose bowl. <laughs> like, yeah. That's where we part you of that from. football scene. My favorite part of that football scene is how, he runs through every player on the field and some of them twice to get to Patrick Swayze to tie, like tackle him into the water. I was like, there are not that many people playing. Like some of those were on his team. <laughs> it just kept going. 
It's similarly towards the end where he's like running down to the beach when it's storming. He passes so many surfers and that yeah. staircase is so long. I'm like, is <laughs> yeah. it, are we going to watch five minutes of Keanu just pushing past surfers <laughs> to get to the beach? Like what's going on here? There, excuse me. Excuse uh, me. Excuse I'm, me. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you brought that up, Jackie, because there's, there's points in this film where I feel like the movie drags where it's like for like a high action packed film, you have these lulls. And I don't mean like, I think everything that happens within the FBI, everything between uh, Reeves and, and Gary Busey is, is great. Um, like I said, like some of the, my, the best dialogue in the film is by McGinley. Just whatever he says, it's just great. He was so angry. <laughs> all the time. Uh, but there's just moments in the film where it's like, you could have cut sooner. You could have come in later. And it's, it, it's, it's weirdly paced at moments. And I, I don't know what that's about, but maybe that's like a Catherine Bigelow sort of, sort of style. Although she really, I got to say, you tell me that this is directed by the same woman that did Hurt Locker. I'm like, you're, you're kidding yourself. But it is. <laughs> but it is. But there's some people who I swear to God, no matter how, like how much time has passed, you can't tell them this is not a cinematic, just <laughs> masterpiece. Epic masterpiece. Yeah. Like, you can't tell them that. Those are the people that have their handle as Johnny Utah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I did tell Jackie today that Johnny Utah has to be one of the best fictional movie names ever. Like, 100%. I was watching this with my wife, and when uh, when he's shooting at the shooting range, the whoever's like looking after him says his name like, good job, Utah, or something like that. And then when he goes to the FBI agent, um, FBI in headquarters, and McGinley is like, all right, Special Agent Utah, you got to blah, 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 blah. Uh, she goes, wait, that's his real fucking name? <laughs> like, like I thought, she thought he was just from Utah, like like a nickname sort of thing. the same thing. I was like, oh, they just, they're so expendable, they just call him by the, where their location is. And then he's from it was Ohio, like, oh. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny I, Ohio wouldn't have worked. <laughs> um. Johnny Columbus. No, just think of like <laughs> the quotation, those. the quotation for like a middle nickname. It's like Johnny Ohio, Utah. Just <laughs> in the 2015 version, they call him Utah. And then he's like, no, my uh, that's just a nickname. My actual name is Brigham, like Brigham Young University. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is this homage to Utah in Point Break? <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. You mean like like they call him Utah as like a like a hit to Mormons? Well, no, they called him Utah because apparently his mom was like from the Ute tribe. Even though the guy that plays him looks very like white, I just I give up, man. I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> I don't think they know. I, somehow the 2015 version seems more whack than than this one than the original. Yeah. But that's well, that's well, my, not to get. I think we should start getting the movie after this. But my main issue with that is it with the the 2015 version is it almost felt like a different movie that they're like, what intellectual property can we tie this to? So we're just going <laughs> to slap Point Break on it. And I think a lot of shows do that now and like mm -hmm. movies do that where it's like this is just a separate story but in order to get people in the theater we're going to call it this but it's like but you made a bad movie 
So no one's going <laughs> to like it. I think it's the opposite yeah. for that movie. I think they got so nervous because, again, this is like the yeah. Bible to people. Don't mess with my Johnny Utah. You know, like, I think they got nervous messing with the classic so much that they're like, let's just make the story so different. And then by the time they were done, they're like, yo, this has nothing to do with the original movie, but this is where we're at. So, yeah. Yeah. Know. Especially David, you reminded me of like five or six years ago, six years ago, when they started making a bunch of like really good 80s movies, a bunch of really bad TV shows. And it was like, they have nothing really to do with each other, except maybe, uh, for example, you have an Asian guy pair up with a a black guy and you you're going to call it Rush Hour, the TV show, right? Mm -hmm. Or like you have um, Lethal Lethal, Weapon, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like these really bad straight to like cable network shows that don't have the charisma that the original ones have, but you have this, this certain race character with this certain race character and it's closely resembled enough to this movie. So we'll just slap on the name. And it's just like, it feels like, like a, like a jar of air. There's nothing in there, you know? Yeah. Um, but speaking of, uh, speaking of slapping stuff on, how about that opening credit scene? Right. Where the point break just comes in, just boom. <laughs> I, lo- I love the surfing mixed in with the shooting. Just like one guy's on the right side of the wall. The other guy's a renegade. What's going to happen? I was so confused during that scene. And like, it's like, where are we? Like, <laughs> it, it was so confusing. And I was like, oh, those were flashbacks i guess and now we're at (laughs) fbi headquarters okay i've caught up (laughs) well i love how everything has to be incorporated with something about water like it's raining Mm -hmm. when he's shooting it it's they're it's the ocean when they're surfing but then like even at the end or even in the middle when um gary and keanu are talking about like their next move it's like at a at a diving like an fbi diving pool thing yeah and so they have to dive for bricks question mark blindfolded i love how they bring it up in the movie too he's like i don't know what the hell this is about i don't know why we're doing this (laughs) but yeah it's just water has to be like constantly incorporated somewhere in the movie at all times maybe Catherine was ahead of her ex-husband with wanting to make the avatar movie (laughs) yeah this is how you you do water yeah (laughs) Um, so I think the next thing is the, the first robbery and the one, like, this reminds me of so many nineties, early 2000 movies, which you guys talk about a lot. And it's like, they don't like dead air when there's action. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you see like the heat bank robbery and there's like, just, they can be long pauses of no talking in this movie. They're just, each guy's doing a one liner. And it reminded me of like Twister when they're chasing the storm and it keeps cutting back to each person. They each get their stupid one liner. It's never like witty. It's never funny, but they just, they have to fill the air with talking. It's like fast and the furious too. When they're driving the cars, it's like, if we talk, we'll go faster. It's like, just, (laughs) just show the driving or show the bank robbery. We don't need them talking. And every scene with Will Smith in independence day, it was just like, yeah, I think they just had a bulletin board. Um, I love independence day though. (laughs) Don't listen to our episode. Mm Mm-mm. We tore that shit apart. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying 
that it's not worthy of being torn apart. But I have memories of like being a, a teenage guy and just watching it and just eating that shit up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we did too. We loved that movie. And then we rewatched it. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't rewatch it. Yeah. Don't, don't don't meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> or else they might slap you. Um, but yeah, no. But the, the point of that, I think, is just establishing the character. Thanks, David. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to put a Will Smith joke somewhere in there. God, okay. Yeah, no one's done it. It's it's new and fresh, is what you just did. So about a year, almost a year old. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that just establishes them and and who they are. But I wish it did a better job of like making Keanu Reeves's character more straight edge and then him breaking down into like the wild side but it doesn't really mm-hmm. do that it's the the stuff with him and um um Lori petty yeah it's just like i don't know i i think it, it could have been done better than i just well, felt like they didn't have much chemistry that's a big screen. thing too yeah and, and how do you not have chemistry with keanu reeves like how <laughs> Well, he had more mm-hmm. he had more chemistry with the water, but like to your point a lot about like est- <laughs> establishing the Johnny Utah character, like when he's first talking with uh, John C. McGinley, he's like, you know, John C. McGinley's like, I need straight laced people, you know, buy the books, da 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 da, da. and uh, he's like, can you be that? And he's like, I pull the skin off my chicken, sir. He's like, oh, that a boy. And then the next second, he's eating a donut. He's like, I love these. It's like yes. I don't know what your character is supposed to be. Yeah, he, he has like a. <laughs> It's a weird personality thing where it's like you see a little bit of him kind of talking back to McGinley, but like under his breath, right? Like he's like, McGinley, McGinley says something like, we have enough assholes as is. And he's like, yeah, now or something like calling him an asshole. And then he he picks like the the most flamboyant surfboard that everyone makes fun of him for. But it's like, is that his personality or is that like written into the script? Like I can't tell for convenience. Does that you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he 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 picks a super ostentatious surfboard, but none of the clothes he wears. Like Gary Busey wears more like Hawaiian shirts than him. But like, wouldn't he? If he would do that, wouldn't he like wear more colorful colorful clothing? It's that kind of stuff. I just yeah, don't think, I think he knows he what breaks, to do. And I think he breaks a little more into that because when they're at the beach where the robbers go. Um, he has like a purple wetsuit on, like it's black with purple trim. And I'm like, that, that seems like an interesting choice for yourself, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I would have guessed just black for you. It it almost seems like everything he's picking from the surfboard to the wetsuit is like, it's in that, it's in a section of the surf shop called beginners. And he's yes. just like, he's like grabbing everything from there. Maybe cause he's in the FBI. Everything's so like the same that he finds ways to like peacock when he can I guess. <laughs> um, and you know what danielle i love that but i wish they showed more that that was his character instead of like right. some sort of background stuff and you know it's funny so you're talking about like the pacing of this movie is that in like the first 30 minutes they use two different montages so like the first is he's like, how hard can surfing be? And then he just crashes for like 30 seconds. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's like really bad at this. And then he gets saved by like Lori Petty. And then he goes to her and asks, um, you know, for help. 
And then there's like a montage of him learning how to surf. And like five minutes later, we're like, oh, okay, he's like a decent surfer. And it's like, so even with all those montages, this movie that should have been like an hour 40 is still over two. And I don't, I don't understand that part. When, when Lori Petty was saving him, um, like I mentioned, my wife was watching this with me and she's like, oh, the, that little boy is, is saving him. Oh, no. And I, and I was like, no, that's a woman, babe. That's, that's Kit from A League of Their Own. <laughs> oh, my God. A League of Their Own. That's a that's one I haven't thought of in a while. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Like, well, and when she saves him, I guess it could be considered realistic, but she throws him on the surfboard, but his face is still in the water. And I'm like, ma'am, you're not doing anything to help him. Like, you need to get him upright somehow so he's not just continuously inhaling water. I mean, she's, he's got to help himself. You know what I mean? Like, he, she can only do so much. She's got, she's like, she keeps yelling at him to like swim. She's like, do something. Like, I can't do this all of my own. He's just like laying there. He's a grown ass man. Okay. <laughs> he knew the risks. I he like knocked himself out. He's that bad. <laughs> yeah. Either that or, you know, how, like, it's pretty common for people when they get tumbled not to know which way is up. Yeah, And so you get really confused. I, I just figured she could have helped him a little more until he was breathing on his own. <laughs> I think the way the plot moves in this moment is actually really cool. Like through her, we get to meet or he gets to meet um, Patrick Bodie. Swayze and the gang. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then they have that like little rapport. But then when he goes out to surf again, he meets like the bad surfers, like the super territorial. I, I know surf surfers are territorial, but like I will kill you sort of thing is what I was like, OK, whatever movie. But I, maybe it's true. I've never. They're, dr they're drug dealers a lot. Yeah, but like it also <laughs> has happened to surf. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a wasn't there a woman in the beginning who like told him to like hit it like not. Not Lori Petty, but like someone else was like, hey, you're bad. Like, get out of my way. Like, surfers are notoriously territorial, I believe. According to this I, movie? like I think so. And the names of the characters. And I get like it's part of surf culture that like everyone has a nickname. No one goes by their their government name. But some of the names of these people, I was just like, I don't even know what you're saying right now. I don't know what you're calling him. There was a Gromit, I think, at one point. So there's there's Gromit, Roach, Tone, War Child, Bunker, Freight Train. Yeah. yeah. War Child might have been like, I was going to say, War Go Child might have been like an indigenous name, though. I, just, I love the way Patrick Maybe Swayze Gromit. says it. He's Maybe like, too. he's like. You have to calm down, war child. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to the surfer names like Moondoggy? You know, the simple days. Yeah, and, but the, apparently Gromit, by the way, is like supposed to be like a young surfer or something. Like so at least there yeah. was something involved with that. I thought Rosie, Rosie being the like the most psychotic member of the group and the name being Rosie was kind of funny. Yeah, because like, that was the one who was going to kill Lori Petty. Yeah, yeah. But there's literally a character named Psycho Stick. What? So there's that. I, I think it's one of the, one of the drug dealers. Yeah, 
I just love that a woman made the most broy movie of all time. Oh, it- so I wanted to talk about that because <laughs> I, I, if you look at this movie, you're like, this is directed by a man. It has to be directed by a man, a hundred percent directed by a man. Just the way that this movie kind of treats women, women? and yeah, yeah, and it's like apart from the main character, uh, apart from Tyler, uh, Lori Petty's character. Every woman in this movie is either shown naked or doing some sort of house chore. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's such a weird thing for me to be like, especially like living this time where we're so like pushing like um, a good representation of of all people. Um, yeah. But especially when it comes to women, a movie being made now is like not trying to really show that and so for a movie directed by a woman to go literally all in i it's just i was just like catherine bigelow is really a product of her time is a lot of i would say a lot of boomers who were in very male-dominated industries i don't think they take the approach i think probably our generation does which you know it was almost like they had to perform as a man you know i don't know how to say it in the politically correct way but you don't um, have to worry about that here but yeah (laughs) i i I get what you're saying i I mean they had to to fit in yeah like yeah yeah. so So this was also sorry i was just gonna say this was also co-written by um her husband at the time james cameron although i don't think he was and and there you go everybody and that explains it and also, the naked woman who is very integral to the plot of the movie is also shown as very powerful. She took out Keanu Reeves. She was about to beat up another person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, her her name is Freight Train. <laughs> and boy, did she live up to it. Okay. We I mean, had I... a Freight Train, and the other girl's name was Fiberglass. Yeah. Well, Deadly. see who, who kicked ass and see who got shot, right? Come on. Um, <laughs> But I, it's kind of crazy, especially in that scene. And, and I think we're pretty close to getting there. Um, I don't know, David, before we get there, do you have anything to to add? Uh, we talked about the football, which was just so key. <laughs> um, also, fun fact, same beach where the soccer game was played in Karate Kid. Saw that earlier. Um, yeah, he's never and- seen that movie. I have not. Oh my god! I, you guys, you've never seen the well, karate it's a, kid. It's a, it's a little too early for your pod, mm. but you need to do it. Um, and then the whole reason they find these drug dealers is because of some great detective work with the toxins in the hair, and like you get this computer oh my print gosh. out of it's thirty three percent selenium, and it's this. It's like okay, we're just gonna. The montage of them pulling hair from different people, like the the, <laughs> the stoners and the. Some of like the best line reading from Keanu when he's like, dude, I got that bug off of you. Totally saved your life. Like that was <laughs> one of the lines that like really stuck out to me. Um, and then that gets us to the drug dealers. Well, and also early on when when Gary Busey, the only detail he has to go on is the surveillance footage. And the, I guess this, the robbers always moon the camera and they have a very distinct tan line. So that's how he knew it was surfers to begin with, to narrow his search. 
Well, also the the what the wax that they used. But by the yes. way, this is I'm glad you brought up the camera because they moon the camera and then it like sort of pans out to where it's the security footage of the mooning. And that that security camera is either either like the best technology of the time or it was like the camera on the guy's ass. Where's that security camera like being posted that it's like got that great of a view of his ass? Right. <laughs> it like makes no sense. I took it that he he knew where the camera placement was and therefore he mooned it purposefully. There's a lot of security cameras that are just like four foot high in the middle of the, <laughs> the bank as you walk out the door. Yeah, I, man. Maybe. I personally love the scene. It is very you get to integral to the story. A little booty. Was yeah. that Swayze's? That wasn't was that Swayze's ass? No, it was no. another guy because he when they're surfing, he moons the friends and that's how Keanu puts it together that it's that group. Brilliant. Oh, okay. Sherlock Holmes right there. 100%. <laughs> well, also 100%. with Lori Petty's like, it looks like you've seen a ghost and then it flashbacks to uh, Pappas like, these guys are ghosts, Johnny. You're never going to find them. <laughs> and then it's like a slow-mo of them surfing yeah, because he's like you know, thinking about the ghosts. You know what would have been great is if when that dude who is the mooner of the movie, I guess, uh, pulls down his pants while he's surfing. He still has the remnants of the thank you Sharpie. <laughs> like <laughs> he used, per- he used like permanent marker. Permanent and he- marker. Keanu, Keanu still looks like maybe it could be them. Like type of look, like, <laughs> and it's so obvious. Yeah. Could you guys imagine anybody else playing the role besides Keanu? So it I could depends uh, if I wanted a good actor to <laughs> I don't know if you guys looked this up, but so the studio wanted Johnny Depp, which for whatever he's gone through lately, I think would have been a better actor in the movie then. Um, but Catherine Bigelow was actually like, No, I won't do it without Keanu Reeves, which is so weird to me that she like fought for Keanu in this. Although like as a surfing movie, Keanu's like I think he's perfect, perfect for that. For the, um, um, but I, they also wanted Charlie Sheen too. I never want Charlie Sheen. And then Willem <laughs> Dafoe, Val Kilmer, and Matthew Broderick. Val Kilmer, I think, would have been perfect. Val Kilmer, yeah, been Val Kilmer would have um, elevated the role for sure. Have but you guys have ever two seen blondes? You know the rules. See, that's the other thing too is that Keanu Reeves and and Swayze are like different looking enough that mm-hmm. uh, you could play the two sides of the same coin kind of thing. But when you have two like dark haired people or two light haired people, it's like it, that that contrast doesn't really like hit as hard, I guess. Yeah, I told Jackie there's a rule in white movies that there has to be like hair color diversity. In, in, in white people culture is diversity. So you can't have a blonde and two blondes. You just can't do it. Who, that's 90s diversity. That's yeah. 90s yeah. diversity but for that, sure. But that's true though. Like Danielle, like, like that's true. Like I have dark hair and David <laughs> is the blonde one. So, there we and go. Jackie and I are ebony and ivory we all day. <laughs> Yeah, see, we we can make fun of it all we want, but we're just we're just living proof of it. Okay, <laughs> we are living by these rules and didn't even know it. But like, if 
for example, Scream. Nev Campbell, when they hired her, because originally it was supposed to be uh, Drew Barrymore, and she's blonde. But mm-hmm. then um, they made it Nev Campbell. And so when Rose McGowan got the job, she's like, we can't both have black hair. So she that's why she dyed her hair for them. Ooh. It's the rules, y'all. Wow. Yeah. I so Val Kilmer was never going to be in this movie. But it's not, if you met, like dark haired Val Kilmer grown out. I I also think it's like they just treat audiences stupid. It's not even about like, oh, you know, we can't all look the same. It's like. They're like, oh, if if we have them both with the same hair color, they're going to get Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze mixed up. You know what I mean? So it's like we have to have them look different. Um, I guess. I have no idea what the reasoning is. It's weird to me. But yeah. yeah. They saw that in Fast and Furious. They had Paul Walker and then no (laughs) hair. No hair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing I want to talk about before we get back to the, the drug addict or the drug dealers there's at one point John C. McGinley comes in. He's like, this investigation is taking too long. And I was like, he's been surfing for two days. Like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Like, what? how much time has passed? I was right. confused by that, too, because. have missed them like 1,500 times. Like, it was an insane number of bank robberies that they have been, like, following. Yeah. It, 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 that was and, over years, though, but, wasn't it? It, it maybe was. that was just total but like they've been following these guys for a while johnny utah has shown up on the case for like maybe a week and now he's in trouble for not solving it immediately right yeah no yeah exactly. <laughs> right. fix it johnny i think also i love how gary Busey is like this is why i think they're surfers and yet i guess it's a little far-fetched but it makes sense but how everyone else on the force just ridicules him about it and that talk when they have like on the hollywood hill i probably not the hollywood hills but it looks like the hollywood hills where he like pulls him up he's like are you mad you should be mad oh he's like you want to get this it's like yeah it's like then let's do it yeah (laughs) that was beautiful thank you (laughs) um so then we get to these guys he uh johnny utah uh runs into their line which also a big plot point for the 2015 version and they immediately want like one they punch him then they cut his his surfboard and then i guess they might have just talked themselves up into like all right we now have to go beat his ass too like we have not done we have not escalated this enough and one thing i read that i found to be really funny is they had fight coordinators for this like so patrick swayze wanted to do most of the surfing himself because he didn't like using stunt doubles and then they Catherine bigelow decided the fights needed to look real and so the only person who missed fight training was Anthony Kiedis. So then when they choreographed it, they just had him get punched out with one punch and not do anything <laughs> as his like punishment. He deserves it. Yeah. I like that uh I like that Johnny Utah like held his own for a while and then Bodie come in yeah. once again, War Child, you're acting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I I this is my favorite scene with Johnny Utah where he's completely surrounded by these dudes and he just acts really cool, calm and collective. And then he just systematically starts beating them until like he's super outnumbered, but they, they get, they get a hold of him. And then Gary Busey is like, that's almost like a, like a comedy skit, like, like straight up for comedic purposes. And then as soon as he runs into them, he plays it off. Cool. He's like, have you seen a dude who stole my radio? Like, yeah, no, it's very good. 
the the other thought I had during this part of it was, you know, as a as someone who's you know we've all watched a lot of movies, you don't have Patrick Swayze star in the role where he's not the protagonist or the antagonist. So it's like, did people in the nineties not realize he was the bank robber? And like, and the same with like <laughs> Keanu Reeves is like the, the people who are these bank robbers surf this one beach. And Patrick Swayze want, runs up and it takes him like three more weeks to have this like vision quest where he's like, oh, maybe it's Patrick Swayze. It, uh, as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, there's a reason he's at that beach. Every Jackie put it together. I don't know why Johnny didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why Johnny didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's Keanu Reeves. Also, there has to be like a... <laughs> That has to be some sort of plot to like progress this. If if it was as simple as that, this movie would be done in like thirty minutes. Like, ah, oh, it's them. this is true. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get the the running of the license plate, and then their like rap sheet pulls up to like their their beanie drug dealers everything. Uh, so yeah, and I don't get this. Maybe someone can explain this to me, but. They had to stake out the place before just running in there without a warrant without. I mean, couldn't they just run in there without a warrant if they were just never going to do that in the first place? <laughs> no, they got a warrant. Busey, uh, Busey says to him, he he's did? like, oh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get uh, we're going to what's his name? Harp. John C. McGinley is going to push through and get the warrant for tomorrow morning. So they're staking him out just in case they get probable cause. You know, in the meantime, I, I like the party the night of before the state during the stakeout, the party that happens um, where Johnny just is like, oh, you know what? I have to wake up early to raid these drug dealers, but I'm going to go bang Lori Petty and like surf mm-hmm. at night and then just wake up late for my own raid that I've like set up. <laughs> and then what when he Keanu wakes up and he's super late, he still is not leaving. He's still making out with Lori Petty for another like five ten minutes before he gets out the door. I mean, who I among mean, us? Like, Lori Petty. Who, who among us? <laughs> man, he doesn't want to ruin things. He's like, you don't want to be the guy who's just like, well, that was great. I will. I'll call you. <laughs> I um, I, I like. There's this one line that Patrick Swayze says, and he's like, they're talking. I think they're like, they're talking about the big 50 year wave. And then Lori Petty's like, yeah, he's a kamikaze. And then uh, Patrick Swayze come in. He's like, Johnny has his own demons. Don't you Johnny? And I was like, uh, what, what are we like? What is that? And I guess he's just talking about like his football injury, but it's like not really explained. Like it what makes Patrick you Swayze question if he knows or not. I think that's like what they're trying to make it seem like. So like, does I he know, know? I know we were talking about how, Catherine Bigelow was probably just trying to fit in with the boys for this one. But I, I feel like there is this under, like under sense, like radar of like, will they, won't they between Keanu and Patrick. Totally Mm -hmm. homoerotic. A hundred percent. It is. And I feel like she's fit enough, like adrenaline pumping stuff to like, for, for like the, dudes who are like producing this movie like her 
her ex-husband is like, yeah, this is cool. There's nothing homoerotic about this. But then it's like, it's like all the women know. It's like, oh, yeah, it is sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, make out already, please. <laughs> when he walks in, when, when uh, Keanu and Lori are like sharing a moment during that part of the bonfire scene and he walks in, he comes in like, all right, three-way, we're going to do this or what sort of vibes for me. I was like, whoa, this is a different movie. So when uh, they like foil the last bank robbery or the second to last, I thought it was the last, and then like the movie just keeps going for 30, 45 more minutes. But when they foil that bank robbery and all the robbers look and see, and one of them is going to shoot Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze stops him, it's either, like you guys are saying, the gay love between them or... <laughs> Maybe he knew the entire time he's a cop, right? And so he's like, I already knew, you know what I mean? Whatever, Dude, don't you know, don't shoot him. But like why he stopped him is interesting because especially like, you know, they, he shot so many other people the next robbery. I think the movie is like playing with the idea that, oh, they're like robbing from the rich and like it's not your money, it's the bank's money, it's insured. And like, yeah, they're robbing, but they're not hurting anyone. And then that last robbery, just like all bets are off and a lot of people die. Yeah. His whole crew is dead. Yeah. Apparently they die in presidential order, which I did not realize. Oh. 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 Wow. Yeah. Interesting. The the thing about like the up the ante and like the stakes being so high towards that last bank robbery, it I I know I'm skipping ahead. See, I do this, right? But I I feel like the oh, we're going for the vault turn mm -hmm. like that's that's uh swayze's character arc where this isn't enough adrenaline like surfing never became enough so he started robbing banks or robbing banks never became big enough so he started skydiving or whichever came first and it's like all that wasn't big enough we never took the risk of uh robbing the vault so it's like he was trying to find his his limit Hi. Yeah, yeah, his high, and he just just keeps searching for his limit, and then it—that's it. Like that's where ever all the shit goes wrong, and then in the end, it cost him his life. Yeah. So allegedly, maybe. Yeah, I I always feel like it's like the Dexter situation where like <laughs> he's just in a hurricane and then ends up in like the Pacific Northwest somewhere. He just ends up in a in a small town, and then we get Roadhouse. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Which he, they he mention was... the Roadhouse bar as, like, yes. places that they go. Yes. Well, it's funny. He says to John, he's like, what, am I going to paddle to New Zealand? And it's like, secretly, he's like, I could easily yeah. paddle to New Zealand. <laughs> no, he's not going to paddle to New Zealand. He's going to ride that wave to New Zealand, yeah. man. <laughs> Gonna, gonna I don't get know if you understand there. how waves work. That wave is coming I don't, right not back really, to not at all. No, <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to get back to the raid real quick because there's two things I love about it. One, the use of the lawnmower. Um, I just think is like pretty well done. And then two, Tom Sizemore coming in and just like, I have one scene, everyone clear out of my way because I'm just going to go crazy. <laughs> that was Tom Sizemore? He's the Tom Sizemore looking fellow who's like, yeah. you guys fucked up all my undercover work, which if you had been undercover with these assholes for that long, you're just like, you just killed him. Now I don't get the bigger guy. I'd be mad too. I feel like that always happens though in movies and television when 
they bust something. There's always some guys like, I've been working this undercover case eight years in the trash because of you. And you're like, you didn't get it in eight years. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're right, though. If this movie was like older than what it is, we would be like, oh, it's a cliche. But it, it's probably one of the first movies that have done this in this way. Um, yeah. just because yeah. it's a it's a bit of an older movie, but but just like just like the the male gaze from Catherine Bigelow, which is a weird weird thing to put together. But when um Keanu Reeves is doing the mirror and he's like checking <laughs> out, like the he they have to pan over to the shower of the silhouette of her naked body, like they yeah. have to. What do you uh, wait? What did you what did you mean? You said the male gaze. What other type of gaze are there? <laughs> no, I meant. I was just messing with you. You're so annoying. I hate you. You're so annoying. We're at the bank robbery, and I just have to know why does Gary Busey need two meatball sandwiches? How big are these sandwiches? And then he like leads. I my favorite line of the movie is when after Johnny Utah leaves and he leans out the car, and he's like Utah, two. <laughs> like, I'll get my second sandwich. He he has low blood sugar and needs a snack immediately. But he's not he's not leaving leading the healthiest life. No. And did you notice when he's walking on the beach, his feet were a hot mess? I was like, why are we zooming in on your toes? I, I hate it. Catherine wanted to make sure it was on. What erotica? Yeah. She's like, but, I've showed you know. I've showed boobs and now for the foot people, here's Gary Busey. <laughs> for the yeah. ladies. For the foot people to completely turn them away from their own king. Here's Gary Busey's feet. And as for him getting two sandwiches, the Lord didn't give him all those teeth for nothing. <laughs> I like really wanted a meatball sandwich after hearing that every time. Like, Man, that sounds Me good. Too. Yeah. And so I never good. thought, I never thought one, the one to be selling me on that would be Gary Busey, but here we are. So. He should be well, the and new we're subway to, rep. <laughs> and we're going to send our partner away while we're trying to stake out a potential bank robbery. It's almost and like McGinley. The newspaper. It's almost like McGinley was right. They may just be bad cops. Who knows? <laughs> I don't. I don't think Gary Busey believes in this lead, though. I think that's why. I think he thinks it's like he's like it's not these guys. Like you're an idiot. Although I don't know, they do the whole they do the whole thing where Keanu jumps on the desk and he jumps on the other desk and they're like pretending to serve. He's like, "We're gonna get him." <laughs> Things like that in this movie, I can I can see why people absolutely love this movie is because you have this like dynamic between those two characters where you you don't have to go all the way, but then they do. And it, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like something really heartwarming about them both jumping on the desks and pretending to surf. Cool. Sorry, David. It's cool, man. I liked it. <laughs> well, I've been like pro this movie the entire time. But I just, no, no, I don't know. <laughs> that one like one really cool detail I liked about this is um at the very beginning of the movie Keanu says like oh they pull the car out front of the bank they leave it running but from far away it looks like it's actually parked and as he's ordering the sandwiches he kind of looks back after they've run into the bank and he's like oh that car's parked over there and then when he goes to uh Papas he's like 
has that car always been there? And then you see them run out of the bank and then we're, it's just on. And man, is it on that? That's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun chase scene. I enjoyed every minute of that, even though maybe it, it was a bit too long. Uh, I think the I flamethrower. Like... <laughs> I think I looked down at one point, like checked my phone and I looked up. I'm like, Oh, we're, we're still chasing. Okay. I guess it'll end sometime. <laughs> <laughs> like you think it's going to end you think it's going to end when they like freaking blow up the gas station yes. right like light the entire thing on fire and then it doesn't it goes on for like another 7 minutes yeah. that's the foot chase that's the start of the foot chase you know you got to Yeah I know that that's part. the start of the foot ch- Well I mean Keanu Reeves isn't he always on foot like wasn't he always on foot yeah, but for the Patrick entire time Yeah but starts running Swayze threw a pit bull at one point guys <laughs> Yeah <laughs> No animals yeah. were harmed in the making of Point Break. <laughs> there, there is a there is a moment where back at the bonfire uh, party scene, they're all out surfing except for Rosie, who's by the bonfire, and he's like drinking whiskey and he's like spitting it in the fire and trying to catch himself on fire. I don't know, whatever, and. It's like his obsession with with fire. And then when they're at the gas station and he's lighting the cars on fire, I thought that was Rosie because I was like, they established that he likes fire. It would make sense for it to be for him to be fire. But then I was like, that doesn't make sense. It, It has to be Swayze. But then why wouldn't they like you see what I'm saying? Like, why would they make it? prevalent for rosie to be obsessed with fire if he's not going to be the one lighting it at in the gas station just to show that he's crazy yeah i guess two hours and two minutes some way you know (laughs) um yeah we get uh, get i'm sorry david real quick do anyone notice the gas station absolutely exploding in its entirety behind them as they're running did you just ask us if we noticed the explosion because it it didn't happen like like it happened like way in the background. Yeah, I noticed the explosion. Did you guys <laughs> notice the explosion? The explosion. I didn't, but again, oh, well, I go. looked down <laughs> thinking that this chase scene was almost over. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. There's there's a. Have you ever seen um, Edgar Wright's Hot Fuzz? Yes. I love yes. So you remember when Nick Frost is explaining to Simon Peck how he's obsessed with the movie Point Break because of the one scene where they're climbing, he's climbing over the chain link fence and Keanu just starts shooting up in the air and then they reference that <laughs> later in the, in the Hot Fuzz movie. So I watched Hot Fuzz not understanding that reference at all. And then it's like a, like a 10 year like revelation that me watching this now, I was like, oh, that's the scene. That's the scene. <laughs> Well, I Such was just weird... nervous because bullets go up and have to come down. I'm like, you could right. easily been hurt yourself shot by your own bullet, essentially, on the way back down. That was not a smart move to <laughs> just shoot straight up in the air. Can you just imagine, plot, like, that's a plot point from the Mexican, I think. Yes, that's where I know the bullets come down and sometimes they hit you in the head and kill you. I don't think that's Can actually you... legit, though. Can you imagine if just like Lori Petty was just getting groceries and then all of a sudden she just <laughs> dies, just, just dies out of nowhere? 
counter. He's like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> it's a weird choice. No! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, because we see I, I, on the foot chase, um, it was established that Johnny Utah had to stop playing football because of a knee injury. Yeah. And so on the foot chase, his that that trick knee starts acting up again, which is why he can't follow Patrick Swayze any longer. I'm surprised he was able to get into the FBI in the field with that injury. So here's what I understood about that is that in the beginning, we we saw him doing really well at the shooting range. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like a fantastic shot. And that's probably helped him a lot getting into the FBI. But more so than that is that when he's on the ground and Swayze has like half a football field ahead of him and he's climbing the fence and he's aiming down his sights, ready to shoot him. Um, I think we're supposed to completely be in belief that he can make that shot. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he gives it up is saying like he doesn't want to kill his friend. But the fact that would he even be able to make that shot we know he can because we know he's an excellent marksman due to the first scene of the movie. Right. I think that's, and all that connective tissue with his knee in that scene is supposed to bring us to like how much this makes sense. Even though if you're just watching it by itself, it might not make any sense. Right. So we get to Tyler finding out that he's an FBI agent. I got to say, this brings me back to a point I want to make earlier. The scene where he's like, all right, like they're looking up Tyler on the database and the one woman's like, damn, this girl's hot. But he's like, oh, dead parents. Awesome. That's my in. I was like, what an asshole. Yes. The worst in ever. And then he plays on her emotions again. Not great, Catherine Bigelow, by like going in and saying that her his parents had passed away a few years ago. And that's when she like suddenly has her interest peaked. It was not a great play. It It's a great play if this is not our hero of the story. Right. But because this is the dude we're supposed to be like rooting for throughout the whole movie, in the first, like, when does that scene land? Like, in the first 20 minutes of the movie? It's mm-hmm. like, now it's like, you make him out to be this real big a-hole. Yeah. But I mean... Do we want to know, like, is it playing into the fact that, like, he's going to, he he is willing to kind of walk the line on morals sometimes? Uh, I think so. I mean, because he he, he follows through with that bank robbery because of his his love for Lori Petty, which is like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I... I question why he still has his badge and is like in Australia looking for him after like taking part in that because they weren't holding a gun to his head. I mean, they were, you know what I mean? Like people died. I don't really understand what happened in between um, the legal ramifications of all that. But yeah, I don't, he, he, he is playing like uh, in a gray area with a lot of what he does. Mm -hmm. I think maybe he was like, look, I know I'm in, trouble but like i'm literally the only person that could help you get him i just want to get him and then i i'll quit myself maybe that's what he did i'll throw my badge in the water which is littering right (laughs) which paul walker 
same stitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Except they made like nine of those and Yeah. We so could have they... we could have had nine point breaks, y'all. One you of know them would have just been called we, we John did. Utah. <laughs> that would have been cool though. Like I wouldn't have minded like this one focused on surfing. The next one could s- focus on um I don't know, race cars, climbing, know, climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh like the any... movie the re- the movie the replacements with uh Keanu Reeves is like he's a fo- he goes back and plays football. He apparently was like and from Ohio State, like he played college ball at Ohio State in that movie too. And I was like, that has to be just a point blank like Utah. homage yeah. that they're playing with. Um, what I want to talk about next is we are 45 minutes left in this movie and we're just going to go skydiving. And it's so weird that everyone knows, he knows <laughs> they know he's an FBI agent and they know that he knows that they're the bad guys. <laughs> and somehow we're just going to go skydiving with this people. And like it's like the social anxiety of not wanting to say no to your friends. You're just like, yeah, I'll go skydiving. Sure. Who packed this? They're like, oh, he packed it. I packed it. I packed it. No, you know what? Take yours. It's so weird. Yeah. I'm like, I want your pack and you use this one. If I'm going to continue in this ridiculous show of machoism. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, it, it's almost like, do they have that planned out? Like... <laughs> Like, I don't think they've imagine, <laughs> but imagine if Swayze has like the dummy pack, and then he gives Keanu the the correct one, and Keanu's like, "No, nah, I don't trust it. Switch with me." And then he's like, oh, "Okay, buddy, whatever, whatever you say." It's just like, but I thought really hard about putting the dummy pack in this one. <laughs> well, then they you say like the the macho. They just have like a dick measuring contest on the way down, where they're like, "You pull yours first. No, you pull yours." And then Patrick Swayze is like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna pull yours." I, uh, I also one of my favorite lines in the movie is one of the guys just screams out, "Sex with the gods!" as he's falling down. <laughs> <laughs> there are so like... many random one-liners. Like Danielle yeah. was pointing out, all of the poorly pronunciated spanish phrases that they used it was like spanish 101 10 wrong that's what it was <laughs> like ridiculous every chance they got they threw in some spanish and i'm just like por qué hola muchacho vaya <laughs> con dios <laughs> just like and that had to come from James Cameron because let's not forget Terminator. <laughs> and, Hasta la vista. Hasta right. la vista, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine Catherine's like, why do we have to do this? He's like, have you seen Terminator? <laughs> All right, so let's shut the fuck <laughs> While we shut the fuck up, we'll just put it in. Yeah. Videos. James Cameron loves to appropriate culture. This is Avatar movie language. There we go. Yes. What culture uh, in the Avatar though? What what blue um, people? The, the Navi. Okay. <laughs> when the... we're done with this episode, I'll go through. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. you know. I'm with you. I I don't. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of of the films. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, the the reaction and like how Swayze and Reeves are playing off of each other it's like they're having fun almost and they're they're falling and they're having fun and 
And then all of a sudden, it's like you forget that he has his girlfriend held hostage. Yeah. Well, we didn't uh, know that yet. Just, no, no, no. But but I'm pretty sure that I'm sure. You know that for the oh, no, second that, No, no, that out. hasn't happened. You're right. That hasn't happened yet. But still, though, like you shot at me. I shot at you. You did a flamethrower thing. You shot up in the air. That was very dramatic, wasn't it? It's like all that. Forget it. I, let's just have fun falling to our possible death right now. It's it's just it's it feels like a different movie all of a sudden. I didn't forget it. I the whole time was like, this is weird. I, no, it I is weird. I'm not saying you forgot it or I forgot it or Jackie <laughs> forgot it or Danielle forgot it, but motherfucking Johnny Utah forgot it, man. He, he was riding that high, that that's um, skydiving. Sky high. high. <laughs> Another excellent movie. True. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell would have yes. also been a really good uh, replacement oh, for Swayze. Yeah. yeah. I get them. I get them confused all the time. Really? Like I can, movie, I can, t- I can tell you which is which, uh, obviously. But all the time, I'm like, with Swayze's long hair, he looks exactly like Kurt Russell in this film. It's uncanny, especially with like the the scruff. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I miss Patrick Swayze. <laughs> we that all miss is, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> That's about the fourth time she said that today. <laughs> Very in her feelings about Patrick Swayze. Can you imagine Patrick Swayze in like some sort of Marvel movie? Like he'd be oh. great. So, you could have played. Him, uh, I could have seen him as Thor. I mean, Thor's dad, Odin. Odin, or, yeah. Or Star Lord's dad. Ego. <laughs> played by Kurt Played Russell. by Kurt Russell. Russell. That's why I said it. <laughs> so we get uh, we get to the last bank robbery. Uh, as we said, Tyler's being held hostage, so he has to do a bank robbery. In all of this, I feel real bad for that security guard. As the off-duty cops, like I'm a cop. <laughs> Do you have your gun? And he's like, he's like, just please don't do this. Like, why are we he's doing like, this? Please. So Danielle and I like... had a moment, yeah. <laughs> and we were wrong, but what? we both looked at each other and said, "Is that Kevin from the office?" <laughs> I thought so too. I had to look it up and also know that I was wrong. <laughs> I was like, I think it is, and then I was like, just "No, we way, are completely like, wrong." When he was shaking, it was just such. <laughs> The same thing, yeah. Same way Kevin vibes. looked at the chili on the ground. It was <laughs> exactly <laughs> like the little head shake. It was not, in fact, uh, Kevin from the office, though. No. So the bank no. robbery goes bad. John C comes in. He's like, "No, you leave him in those cuffs." And then I love the Gary Busey punching him out. The Gary Busey doing it. Um, <laughs> And then he just takes him off and to the to the airport. And I got to say, like, both times I watched this, I was surprised at Gary Busey dying. And just like, yeah. no fanfare either. We just sort of moved on. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did scream, no! So, I mean, we got that. Well, this is a 1990s movie, so it had to happen. But yeah, slow motion and everything. But the thing, the thing about him punching out uh, McGinley is he has a really good comeback for him, which we hear as the audience, but he doesn't get to hear because he's out cold, passed out. Yeah, I was Um, like that number one rule of knocking someone out: you say your cool one liner first, so they can hear you, and then you knock (laughs) them the fuck out. out. Yeah. I had many times where I kept saying, that's Gary Busey, not Nick Nolte. Yeah, that's another one. 
that happens all the time get mixed up and the, i know they don't they don't look exactly the same they really don't but there were moments it would I help if they it. had different if they had different color hair it would probably help yeah <laughs> i always right. get i always get nick nolte and chris christopherson con- confused hmm. whistler yeah nice <laughs> yeah nice good good i uh one of our uh moments from from that episode when we did blade i catch my wife calling him whiskers and i was like honey no that isn't <laughs> he's not some sort of sidekick sidekick cat that blade has like <laughs> but that side... is really precious that she calls whistler whiskers a side kitty a side kitty yeah one of my favorite lines is when they're on the plane and uh, uh, Keanu's like, Roach, you're cold because the blood is leaving your body and you're dying. <laughs> She's like, holy shit. Meanwhile, Bo- Bodhi's like putting it up. I'll, I'll get a jacket for you. And we're like, dude, that's that's not going to help at this point. You're, I was your bro's at bleeding jacket. out. I was like, the altitude is just not. He, gonna be no. he, would, he should be bleeding out profusely at this but point. He, but he pulled his shoot. He he pulled his shoot, which means he died after he thought he was in the clear. Which is kind of, which you have to be right because what are they going to do? Grab the bag of money from like just a pile of blood and bones? bones? Yeah, like, he had to have pulled his shoot. Uh, the other moment that kind of comes full circle in this movie is again when they're on the beach. There's so much that's established when they're on the beach bonfire scene um, towards the middle of the film beginning of the film i don't know this film is long but uh the kid who's like oh i'm not gonna live till 30 and i'm like perfectly okay with that and then he dies immediately in the bank robbery and then my wife and i looked at each other like yeah yeah he was right yeah (laughs) well one of the other guys was like oh i don't want to die and rosie or he's like we shouldn't go through this and rosie was like if you leave you're dead and i was like is that a threat or like, what is that? And I think it has to be from him because he's the psycho. Yeah. Rosie gets the clearest like bill from the end of this movie. We don't see him at the very end. And he gets he drives away with all the money with uh, Swayze. No, he's dead. Yeah. He's dead? Yeah. Uh, Keanu explains it in his like monologue to Bodie about following him. He's like, I followed you here. And then what he said, he goes... Yeah, Rosie was found in Baja, found your passport in Sumatra, almost got you in Fiji. So he killed Rosie to get the money? I think he said Rosie must have fucked with someone that uh, was crazier than Rosie. It was Rosie, a knife what he fight. Said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Swayze. Right. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is a 90s movie and Rosie like was, you know, like brutal to a, like another person that we like in the movie. So it's like Rosie has to die. The only thing that's weird is that we didn't see it, but like Rosie is yeah. not going to live. Um, All right, well, that that makes me feel better because I really thought he got away scot free, and and I was upset about that. I, yeah. I have a major like question slash maybe flaw in this is first of all one you have one for, for this point. So Johnny just says fuck it, jumps out of the plane without a parachute, and he grabs a hold of Patrick Swayze, and Patrick Swayze is like, I'm not pulling the chute. So you either have to drop your gun or you have to take the other hand off to pull the chute and then you're not going to st- stay hold you know, to me. And I was like, put the gun in like your pocket. 
or you like you could hook your arm around like the the thing and then hold on to the gun you could hold the gun and the thing like and pull like there are other options besides how good is his uh how good is his feet strength like just wrap (laughs) your legs around him real tight yeah i imagine it's really hard with the force (laughs) of the The parachute falling yeah no with the force of the parachute opening to hold on oh and your hand strength like i I imagine that's that's what i was wondering like would someone be able to hold on to another person once the parachute is deployed and you have wind resistance? Hmm. I think, I think at least you pulling it, Let's you find out. Can, can know when it's about <laughs> to happen. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, I have to say that was my favorite part of the whole movie. Like that, that part where Keanu is like, ah, and then he just jumps out without the shoot is so cool. Like, out of all the dumb shit that this movie has introduced, it makes up for it in that one shot. It's just him. And he makes himself really aerodynamic so he can get to Johnny. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> I understand the hype now, Daniel. I'm one of the point break heads. Like, oh, okay. Jesus. He's changing <laughs> his handle as he speaks. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think about the final decision for him to let him surf the wave instead of like, I I love the idea of playing possum, getting your ass kicked only to like, to come out of the water and have him handcuffed to him. I just would have liked like a parody of this to where Bodhi just continues to beat the shit out of him and then finds the key and is like, what was that? I don't really understand. (laughs) By this point, I was like, okay, like, uh, is this movie over yet? (laughs) Jackie's like, can they just die? Can they both just Yeah, like, just, are they gonna, I I fully expected Keanu to uh, surf the wave with Bodhi, and then Mm -hmm. just to both perish in the surf. I was really looking out for that make-out scene, but (laughs) clearly did not. I mean, they they had the handcuffs and everything. They had it set. That's the parody version of this. (laughs) <laughs> I really like that the cops had their bougie rain jackets on when they came. And the little hat shower caps. caps. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> yeah, fashion choice right there. I also like that Keanu, do you guys notice how he threw his badge? I was making fun of it in real, like when I was watching it with Jackie. Like, instead of just like going like this or kind of like this, he like goes like a frisbee and just like throws it it was very awkward and unnecessary he was he was trying to skip it he was trying to see how many skips he could do across the ocean it was weird yeah i i just thought it was weird i didn't notice his weird throw but i just thought it was a weird conclusion to his character that he just like he doesn't want to be an FBI agent any, anymore because it's like I'm sure that mission took a lot out of him, but it's not like okay, I guess he lost Gary Busey, but it's not like he was in it for a very long time. It's not like he was a veteran FBI agent. Although we don't know how much time passed, do we? Between when when they parted ways and when they see each other again, we just know that Patrick Swayze got a haircut and Keanu grew his out. I think it, it gives us the amount of months. I want to say 17, but that was also the amount in the 2015 version that I watched like three hours ago. <laughs> well, I want to say what else months. is he going to do for a living? He's going to so, ride that wave, man. 
<laughs> Apparently, there was almost a sequel to this that was going to explain that called Point Break 2, obviously. And they wrote like a script. Yeah, right. Pointier <laughs> and breakier than the last. <laughs> two point two break. And two so break. <laughs> they uh this movie, like its estimated budget was twenty four million. It made ninety. Like easily could have had a sequel. And I don't know what the decision to not was, but um I, I'm I was trying to find the script before this to see like what happened, but I don't think you can really find it online that easily. But that like even now is like so i think of the four of us i probably like this movie more than the rest of us i don't know maybe on my second watch but even with all like the the nitpicks of it i would still like i want to know what happened to him because it's such a weird way to end it that you don't know it's left pretty open for johnny utah like what happens to him that i would be interested to know like what he he clearly leaves the fbi so what does he do I agree with that. Uh, even though I was not a fan, I was like, well, his character is interesting enough. Like, I'd like to know what happens to him after he's put his friend in jail or let his friend go out into the sunset. And he's like a disgraced FBI agent now. Like, what's next for Johnny Utah? I would watch anything that that man is in. Maybe he just becomes John Wick. <laughs> maybe that's true maybe that's our sequel that's well true. okay so let's follow the timeline we have point break we have the replacements he mm -hmm. retires from football now hmm. he's john wick <laughs> no 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 before that he's the chosen one he's he installs himself into the matrix oh, that's, that's a, true. but that's a different timeline it, oh, okay. it, it can't happen at the because then yeah. you have to explain the matrix and then what he left the matrix is is the scene of him in john wick movies mm. like he's back in the matrix and he's made up this fantasy life all because, the john no, wick because his all dog dies right no, no one's gonna no. make that up it's, in their fantasy life it's gotta be a parallel life well unless the robots are fucking with him the the last thing i will say is that i wanted swayze to just ride that last wave a little bit better right yeah, yeah. i mean he's he like crashed and burned real bad yeah but like immediately quick. yeah he's like i'm such a good surfer and then dies immediately <laughs> it's a hundred foot wave like, <laughs> give him a break <laughs> but <true>. immediately <laughs> And then he just like falls off. His, I don't know. There could have been a cooler way for him to go at that point. They build him up and a sniper picks him off on the top of the wave. And Keanu's like, or, no! Or a shark. A it shark. Could be a no. Jaws 3, Jaws 4, whatever tie-in. Imagine we're watching this movie, like collectively we're watching this movie. And all of a sudden it's three minutes from ending and a fucking shark comes out of nowhere, <laughs> kills Swayze, and then the credits roll. We would all be like, what the fuck? It would be like the sixth sense where people like kept that shit on lockdown and people would just be like, have you seen Point Break? What about that ending? Or it's like you hear that there's a shark in the movie and you're watching the whole thing through and you're like, oh, someone lied to me. And then in the ninth hour, it's like, bam. That's a much better ending. <laughs> yes. We fixed it. We, fi we did. 
Well, well that's I liked it, folks, it. Uh, another f- <laughs> another film fix. David's like nothing is wrong with this movie. <laughs> Stop messing it up. I mean, like, listen, there's a couple line deliveries, like I said, and. I, he like could have just thrown his badge in a trash can like that was on the beach instead of throwing it in the water like but that doesn't have the symbolism that we want. I um, I mean to me this is like top three Catherine Bigelow movie that I've seen and I've seen three of them so this is right after Hurt Locker <laughs> and Zero Dark Thirty. I I just like I don't know I, like I feel like. Early '90s movies, and I've I've said this about '80s movies that I think a lot of them are just like don't work now. Like the dialogue is very cheesy, but it's like I don't know. I grade them on such a curve now, and especially like going into the second watch, knowing what I was getting into, I was just like I wasn't expecting to like it, so I was just like pleasantly surprised, like watching it again. Um, and I just focused on like the positives, but um, yeah, I mean it's a pretty good movie. It's pretty good. I'm not I'm not a point break head, but it's pretty good. Well, we enjoyed the opportunity to rewatch well, me rewatch, Jackie watch and and I bought this movie today. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again. Like if someone was like, Hey, let's watch point break, I'd be like, Yeah, let's get my nine dollars worth. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining us, and thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm David. And I'm Milan, and I finally, and Jackie has finally, watched Point Break.